Go to securefreedomradio.org today. It's your freedom. It's your country. Frank Gaffney's Secure Freedom Radio. Welcome back. And a special, very personal welcome to our next guest. His name is Benjamin Weingarten. He is one of the brightest lights in the firmament of the conservative movements, particularly the, the new generation of people who are incredibly influential and insightful and, I think, leading in the effort to try to address what's ailing our country at the moment and get corrective action taken. He does this from a number of platforms, notably uh, as a senior contributor to The Federalist, a terrific online resource. He is um, a prolific author, uh, not only of these essays, uh, The Federalist and elsewhere, but also of a really important book, American Ingrate, a um, book about Ilan Omar. We'll talk with him about her in a moment. But first, Ben, a proper welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. And um, not only I appreciate so much your work at The Federalist, but also at Newsweek and uh, the chance to follow you as I do at uh, B.H. Weingarten. Good to have you with us again, sir. Welcome back. The feeling is mutual, and I greatly appreciate that most kind introduction, Frank. Well, it's actually both heartfelt and deserved. Let's start with uh, Ibrahim Kendi. He is a character um, out of a novel, it seems to me, Ben. Uh, you've studied a bit what he's up to in terms of uh, so-called anti-racism and how this fits into kind of the larger agenda of the, the Marxist left to use racism uh, and charges of it uh, to take down our country. Who is this man and what is he doing in that regard? Yeah, I profiled Ibram X. Kendi recently for The Federalist and I'd urge everyone to check it out. And my goal of that article was basically to say that, look, anti-racism, so-called anti-racism, and he's written what's considered one of the major tomes on the subject, how to be an anti-racist, is essentially cloaking Marxism and bigotry, incidentally, racialist bigotry under the guise of fighting purported bigotry. And given that Ibram X. Kendi is someone who Jack Dorsey of Twitter has lavished $10 million on for his university anti-racist research uh, post, and he's been feted across the media, put on CBS, I believe, the day after the Chauvin verdict came in. Uh, we're basically living in Ibram X. Kendi's America, is my argument, as we see wokeism pervading basically every aspect of the federal government, corporations, universities, and every other influential pillar of society as well. So I set out to determine who is this man and, and what does he believe? And essentially, what we came to is anti-racism, again, is an ideology which not only advocates for discrimination in service of quote-unquote equity, which the anti-racists describe as essentially creating outcomes in society proportional with group percentages of the population, but that they're willing to use any and all means to achieve it. And that essentially would eviscerate equality in all of its forms, equality under the law, equality of treatment, equal enforcement of the rule of law, and beyond. And Kendi himself, of course, uh, supports the, the whole leftist, radical, racialist agenda, including being expressly anti-capitalist, promoting discrimination in society to achieve his desired outcomes, and beyond. So anti-racism is a recipe for disaster for the country. It lies at the heart of the woke movement that is pervading this country and that the elites, the elites in this country are cynically promoting and endorsing and imposing upon us. And ultimately, 
it will tear apart the fabric of the country under the guise of justice, virtue, and fighting racism by turning all of our institutions on their head. And that is the object of the exercise, I would argue. And I'm so glad you focused in on this point about the end of equality. This is one of the things that they are essentially packaging in this term equity, which they're constantly advancing. Those on the radical left, uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, the Ibram Kendi's of the world, the critical race theorists. Uh, equity is essentially not equality. It is preferential treatment of some individuals. It's racism, as you call it, Ben Weingarten, and I'm so glad that you have uh, said so so boldly. Um, one of the adherents to all of this, of course, is the American ingrate, the woman that you've profiled in your terrific book about Ilan Omar. Talk a little bit about her, her role in this movement, and um, as a sort of segue to our next topic with you, Ben, her specific charges that Israel is engaged in a sort of racist uh, apartheid um, persecution of the Palestinians uh, because they are uh, Muslim and uh, of, of a different ethnicity. Well, first on the, I guess, sort of narrower aspect of Ilhan Omar being the representative par excellence, the living personification of the intersectionalist, wokest milieu that dominates not only among the progressive cohort, and it's really critical to say this, but the entire Democrat Party led by at least its leading figurehead, Joe Biden, who incidentally, right around day one of his presidency, put forth an executive order calling for enforcing equity, quote unquote, in every aspect of the executive branch. And that was really critical. The triumph of equity over equality means the evisceration of equality. And and I wrote an article about this, but the equity agenda, so-called, what are the what are some of the policy planks of those who support it, including Ilhan Omar? Defunding, if not abolishing the police, open borders, ab abolishing ICE in connection with open borders, explicit anti-capitalism. Ibram X. Kendi himself says that to truly be an anti-racist, you have to be an anti-capitalist and vice versa, as well as, of course, the anti-school choice agenda, keeping schools closed. Uh, keeping people locked in horrible situations, essentially. Breaking up the uh, nuclear family, too, another agenda item nuclear of the family, Marxists. Of and the BLM platform scrubbed, <laughs> naturally. Uh, and, and so you have an element of essentially destroying, actually completely undermining their charge of trying to create equity because all of these policies end up hurting most those who the woke came to care about, care about the most. But then you have the internationalization of this sort of movement. And of course, you know, it sort of goes with the rhetoric that the likes of Bernie Sanders and others have used, where essentially they say that Israel, amazingly, is the white supremacist, right-wing extremist state par excellence. Uh, this is a, a country which is the most liberal and free country and our closest ally infinitely in the Middle East, which has shared values, principles, interests, and, and well beyond that in a sea of tyranny, Islamism, and authoritarianism, a bulwark of Western civilization. So naturally, it draws the ire greatest of Ilhan Omar and like-minded folks. We've seen various BLM chapters, Black Lives Matter chapters, that is, come out in South 
solidarity with the Arabs of Palestine in conjunction with the attacks being foisted against Israel right now and Israel's retaliation against those attacks, which any country ought to do. But, but because Israel's held to a different standard, it, it shows the bigotry of its adversaries, its opponents. And Ilhan Omar and the woke cohort more broadly attacking Israel, I think, illustrates the fact that they hate the representatives of Judeo-Christian Western civilization par excellence led by Israel. And that was one of the arguments in my book, actually, is that Israel draws the most ire and the sort of first brunt of the attack uh, from these anti-American wokists precisely because it represents the pinnacle of Judeo-Christian Western civilization. And it's the leading line bulwark of it against a world that is largely tyrannical, but in particular, an Islamist authoritarian region in the Middle East that is tyrannical and and anti-Judeo-Christian Western civilization. So that in part explains this, this sick nexus that we see which, of course, undermines America's national interest first, because they always put America last. And Ben, stitched into all of this, as you make clear in your profile of this woman who came from Somalia, who has been clearly imbued with the Sharia supremacism of that country and of the expat community of Somalis, um, not all of them, I'm sure, but many of them, um, including some who have gone back to Somalia to fight with al-Shabaab, um, a jihadist terrorist organization there. Ilhan Omar not only brings this virulent anti-Americanism born of her Marxist sort of uh, proclivities, but she also has this Sharia supremacist Muslim Brotherhood you know, strain to her anti-Americanism as well. And the combination of the two, the the red-green axis, as we've come to call it at the Center for Security Policy, is absolutely toxic. And I'm so appreciative of all that you have done to call her on it and to help the rest of us understand that this representative from Minnesota is really playing for the other team, or teams, as the case may be. And her agenda of equity, like that of um, Kindy and these others, is anathema, not only to us and our values, but to the future course of our country, if it's to survive as a free republic. Ben Weingarten, we have to leave it at that. Thank you for joining us. Come back to us soon, if you would. Hope the rest of you will do the same tomorrow. Same time, same station. Until then, this is Frank Gaffney. Thanks for You've been listening to Secure Freedom Radio with Frank Gaffney. 